Hi, Brandon. Hey, David. How's it going? It is going well. We are not in the same room. Not today. Nope. We are in not even the same state. Yep. So uh, not using the same microphone, not in our normal little recording booth slash shoe closet. Um, <laughs> so this is different. We are yeah. doing this over Zoom call now. Yep. So, we yeah. Are, we are trying to uh, get our new studios, so to speak, set up. Currently, mine isn't really much of a studio at all, but uh, it's getting there. Yep. We are... Uh, done with school and home for the summer now and Brandon is in Ohio and I am still in Minnesota so we are recording in separate yeah, separate states separate microphones so if there's a difference in quality that's because Brandon is using his is it your headphones uh yeah <laughs> okay that's okay I'm they sure it'll sound on them, like one of the ones you hold so oh really better than like the um it's better than just like the computer audio. Oh, okay. Wait, it's like a mic. It's like the little one attached to your cord, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, anyway, uh, sorry to our listeners for any lag that may ensue or any like background noise that's coming through. These are different recording circumstances, so we're gonna feel it out and see how it goes. Yep. Yep. And so, today, let's uh, get into it then. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're going to be talking about context. So this is a down the rabbit hole episode. And we're going to basically just, I guess, I guess, see where the conversation goes as normal. This is an, another topic that we've talked a lot about. We've had a lot of classes at school about it. Um, we've done a lot of research on it. So this is something me and David are very familiar with. Yeah. I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure if we were gonna get the chance to record today, and because of that, I was sitting in my room and I was gonna try and just record a YouTube video of me talking about this because there's a lot I I just feel like I need to get off my chest about context. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. No, no, no I, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, I, I just I sat in front of the camera and tried to just like ad lib a sermon. Um, but without someone to discuss things with, it's like, I don't actually know where I'm going. Normally it's just, it's you and I talking. And yeah. so there's like points to bounce off of that me just speaking didn't work at all. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad to be your bouncing wall. You can be mine. <laughs> wow. The bouncing wall. That could be another fun series. Yeah. <laughs> Someone um, just sits there and we just lob super deep theological questions at them and see what bounces off. <laughs> mm, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, okay, so context in the Bible. Where do we even begin? This is something that I, I don't even... I guess one thing, I'll, I'll make a comment um, or, or an observation, I think, I, I suppose. Um, when I have been growing up in the church and going to school in uh, you know biblical education I hear a lot about context and everybody knows it's important to some degree whether they're fundamental Baptist or um, United Pentecostal everybody seems to have this very general idea that the context matters yeah but that 
is assumed definition. Like, mm. everybody thinks that everybody's on the same page with what they mean by context. Yeah. I and think... yet we're coming out with all these different ideas and interpretations based on the context. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, actually, just now, what's coming to mind um, as a good way of thinking about it, uh, you and I took culture, cultural anthropology this last spring, and we mm-hmm. talk about other cultures and how to try to step back kind of from your own personal bubble your own personal worldview lens and look at other cultures from a different perspective and we were talking about what drives cultures and a lot of really great stuff really eye-opening one of the things that we talked about was when we were talking about language how the words and what you actually say only make up about eight percent of the message you're trying to convey and I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure the, it was like 67% is tone and then 38% is body language. Hmm. And so I'm thinking now that doesn't add up to 100, but <laughs> something. <laughs> there's another, there. there's something else in there. Uh, Eyebrow lifting. <laughs> uh, but the thing is when it comes to when you're reading something, all you see is the words and there are you know, punctuation, which gives us a little bit, but... <laughs> Not in the original language. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Today we get punctuation. But right. the thing is, we we don't have those other cues that make up so much of what the message is trying to be conveyed. And so for us, one of the biggest things that will help us understand the author's intention and motion when writing these things is the context. Mm-hmm. Which is now, uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just gonna say, and and context means more than one thing. Uh, some people think that context is just the several verses on either side of the verse. Ah, uh, um, yes. So we're like reading in one of the, the one of Paul's letters, and someone says something. And it's like, oh, that's out of context. Read the five verses before and after. And that then that's their context, and they're good with uh, that. Yeah. And then there are people that want to go into the cultural context, which is like what's happening with the audience who's receiving Paul's letter. Why is Paul saying or addressing the issues he is, um, and how does their worldview impact what Paul, or or I guess um, how does their worldview uh, change the message of what Paul's saying? Mm, yeah. And then there's the historical context which is what's happening in the world at large you know is there a war is there uh some kind of famine happening is there uh i don't know some kind of cultural uh drift happening between people groups like in romans and then there's the literary context this is probably the least talked about one in pop christianity yeah and that is uh maybe something will unpack i won't i won't unpack that one right now um let's talk let's talk about the other ones first huh yeah let's let's talk also just as like a stating kind of blanket thing when it comes to context um like you said everyone believes in context and knows it's important to what degree everyone looks at that is different Mm. and i think that all personally for myself i think that all forms of context should be something to take into consideration but 
we also want to make sure that we don't I don't know what the word is over contextualize something to where it doesn't mean what it actually meant so there's you know with most things in life there's always two extremes you know you mm-hmm. go too far one way or not at all um, I think today for especially Western culture we lean a little bit more on the not at all side and not so much on the extreme side but as you and I are looking more into context and making sure we take into account more context you and I don't want to go too far to where we're going the wrong direction on the other side what is the other I'm, I'm a little I'm not so your drift there for example i recently was reading a paper i w- it had to do with um i was i was reading uh research on marriage and there was a particular paper that was talking about certain types of marriages and what's allowed and what's not allowed um he agreed that or he supposed that all marriages w- was allowed but part of the reasoning behind what he said was he opened up his um article with um sometimes we have to accept the fact that Jesus was wrong. And then he goes into (laughs) the contextual reason as to why, you know, Jesus is a Jew living in this time period. Therefore, what he says doesn't count for today sometimes. Oh, interesting. So, so, yeah, there's context there. We should understand Jesus is speaking to Jews using Jewish idioms in, you know, a Roman Empire controlled first century A.D., those should be taken into account but when your context leads you into jesus was sometimes wrong you've gone too far <laughs> or i would i would just simply say you've misunderstood the context and the passage yeah. itself like i don't think you can take something too much in context the more context you have the better right it's that's a, that's it's more point. it's more about like because actually i would say the guy who said jesus had to be wrong sometimes is missing the context um, uh there's a lot there context. misapplied yeah or or even just lacking information yeah. so maybe um, not the extreme of there is too much context but you have to be careful that you're using it correctly right you're applying well okay let's so there's an example i thought of that that might be helpful or an illustration i guess okay uh so, and, and let me preface this by saying, I think everybody gets that the basic context in terms of like the bookend verses is important. Like let's read the chapter instead of just the verse. Like people get that. I think people, we start to lose people on historical and cultural. Um, and so I'll, I'll, this illustration is kind of targeted towards that and, and helping that make some sense maybe. Uh, Imagine that I am, or you you receive a letter from me from like 60 years ago. It's not okay. sent to you, but you you find it. And it's a okay. manuscript of a sermon I gave. And I'm, I'm preaching and I uh, am I'm talking to a bunch of men. And I say, you all men are, are, are Christian men. And therefore, you should never be drinking coffee. Don't ever, don't let anyone see you drinking coffee don't buy it in the markets don't drink it what did you hear i I just told me you just told me that i can't have one of the best (laughs) drinks that exists (laughs) right 
You're right. You you heard that Christian men are not to drink coffee. That's me. Under that's any circumstances. If you're nope. if you're taking me at my word, that's what I'm saying. But what if you found out that that letter was a manuscript of a sermon that I was giving to a church in Colombia that was built near coffee farms um, where the employees of the farm were being oppressed and underpaid and any coffee that was purchased in that area would be a result of exploitation Ah. how does that change how does that change what I told you so the message then becomes don't be a don't don't be a part of exploitation and unfairness not don't drink coffee right it's not that everybody everywhere can't drink coffee it's y'all shouldn't drink coffee because of x y and z under these circumstances in this place at this time blah 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 yeah uh and that's that's not like some people will actually argue against cultural context reading because they say the holy spirit can cause the writers to write for all contexts for everyone to understand Mm. and i have to push back against that because well we know that that cultures are different around the world and that we understand things differently yeah and me like no matter how perfectly i communicate something if you don't hear the whole situation in which i said that thing you still could miss it yeah even if i've delivered it as as well as i could have Hmm. you know yeah so so the example you gave was for cultural context correct right yeah Mm -hmm. and so and and we do see a lot of that kind of stuff in especially like you said like the new testaments um paul giving certain commands that today um we would just kind of be taken aback like oh my gosh how 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 is that something we should hold and it's you you understand the culture in which rome or um you know the philippians um is it yeah the philippians yeah some of the other churches he was at in the cultures he's writing to they mean very different things uh what was what was the one as a really good one you told me about the oh seated on high or above oh yeah i think that's corinthians yeah god is um uh god is he he is seated above every name that is named that one yeah Yeah. um and I'll try to explain it just a little bit and you correct me if I misexplain it. But it's yeah. really cool because you're talking about how they would basically send or they they would speak a name of like a deity in the, was it, uh, I guess, Roman or Greek pantheon. And then that like deity was tied to them somehow and had to go do what they said. And they like lived in this realm above them. And what Paul is saying to them is that you, you're, you, you Christians are seated with God above all these deities. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, basically how it worked is like, if your kid got sick or uh, something wasn't going well for you, it was probably because one of the gods was angry. And so you went to a seer and they would name the name. So they would, they would do a ritual and basically figure out which spirit or which God 
is um, having problems with you. Usually an evil, like an evil spirit mm -hmm. um, is, is at, after you. And then you would uh, have to pay a certain amount or do a sacrifice to get one of the heroic spirits to contend for you. And once you did that sacrifice, that spirit was bound to be your helper until the thing was dealt with. And the point Paul is making is you don't have to, he's not just like, it's a nice statement for us. It actually still carries kind of the same weight, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's not so, that's not such a controversial one because it doesn't change the meaning um, all that much. Cause we hear, oh, that, like we don't have to be afraid of uh, people and we don't have to be afraid of spiritual warfare. It's kind of the same concept. It's just played out differently. Um, but yeah, the, the point is that the Christian is not under the foot of the spiritual principalities and powers that, that govern the world and cause illness and stuff like that. It's like you are above all that because you are in Christ who is enthroned over all. Yeah. That's kind of the principle that Paul is communicating. Which actually, while you were talking, that brings up another really good point is that it doesn't have to be controversial um, by like bringing up context, mm. but it could actually bring a deeper meaning to what mm. you are saying. And like, like you said, like for this particular passage, no one has a problem with it. They're like, oh yeah, we're seated above with so-and-so. What's great. Awesome. We're God. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. But like to these people, this meant so much more. And like, mm -hmm. this would have been like mind blowing to these people and so yeah, it's a it, big that, paradigm shift it, that's really cool to see paul speaking to them in that way and when you understand where they're coming from it makes so much more sense that he would say something like that and You're like right. you said we today we still take from it and like that's really meaningful us, to us too mm -hmm. but just understanding that context makes it more deep more rich mm -hmm. more true yeah yeah or um the Oh boy, there. I don't know how. I don't know if I want to go down. There's certain rabbit trails that like the <laughs> context makes things because because that's one of those passages that's like kind of um, not cutesy, but like you hear the context and you're like, oh, that's nice that it meant that for them, mm -hmm. but it doesn't actually impact the way we read the passage so very much. But there are times in the Bible when the context does change the meaning for us and yeah. adds a lot more and we have to actually adjust our interpretation of the block. So before we do that, I don't know if you were going to get into that. Let's talk a little bit about historical context. Sure. So we have culture and that's like these people here in this culture have a certain way of doing things. And so what he, what someone says needs to be read with that lens or at least understood that that's where he's coming from. Like with the example with the coffee. Historical mm -hmm. context is more of the, this whole time period, this was how they did it. So it's it's kind of mixed with culture, mm -hmm. cultural context, but it's also like an entire time period. And also, like you said, like certain events could have been taking place during this time, which would affect it. Mm -hmm. We actually touched a lot on this in our Shave Her Head episode way back. Yeah. I think that was our second <laughs> episode. Um, and we talked a lot about the the way that uh, conquest would take place during this time period and how when Israel is being given the command to 
when they go in and conquer a city, mm-hmm. you take the women and you give them time to mourn, and then you actually marry them as a wife. You that's actually super liberating to that woman compared to if you understand the context around that. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good one. The historical context of that totally changes the the lens in which you'd see it because with with our eyes and our worldview seeing that we're like, "Oh my goodness, this woman is forced to marry this strange man and be essentially his slave." And this is a terrible thing. But yep. you know, you rewind the tape and oh, this actually was like salvation to the woman because in that cult in that culture in that piece in that well in that time in history uh if an unmarried woman or an unmarried widow whose father was not around was basically going to either end up in prostitution slavery or destitution yep it's not like so remarrying a person who has a, a chunk of money and property and who can take care of you and allow you to you know maintain honor because that was an honor shame culture too uh and also bear children which again in the historical cultural context is very very important Mm. uh then wow okay getting a new husband isn't such a bad thing even if Mm -hmm. i don't know him personally because marriage typically in in arranged marriages you didn't know the person that you married first anyway so it's not Mm -hmm. not even new yeah but anyway sorry i I over explained that a little bit but that's that's a good example and so and so by talking about these we're just trying to clarify how important context is and how without it you can either you can you can get the wrong idea sometimes and so when we understand the context around it we get a more clear picture of what's going on and and like we said with the one with um paul's epistle to the corinthians and the seed above high if you don't know the context you're not it's not it's not always going to mess up the way you think about it like it doesn't mean that you can't read the bible that's ridiculous you can still read it but when you understand context things are going to be more clear things are going to make more sense and the thing so yeah and and the reason this is so important to actually get studying with is, is okay um think about if you were reading a document that was translated uh from swahili in the 90s um there'd be some references there'd be some ways of talking some like patterns of um like some speech patterns that you don't recognize or or aren't familiar with it would take some work to understand right um but a three thousand year old semitic document from the ancient middle east uh in various kinds of literature from various authors throughout uh, you know a, a long time span is gonna take a lot of work to understand fully and there's a lot of context and a lot of stuff there and mm-hmm. there's this idea in in some church circles that you actually you can just read the bible and what it appears to mean at face value is what it means yeah. they, or in other words they say it means what it says 
Yeah, uh, I've heard that a lot. Yeah, I have too. And I hear where they're coming from because they don't want to overcomplicate the Bible. They want to make sure that it's accessible to people, and it is accessible to people insofar as they're willing to do the work because the problem is that God revealed the Bible first to a culture that is different than us and he didn't see it necessary to temporarily make them more like us to get the right Bible printed mm. it, you know he, he didn't the process of inspiration is not let's temporarily give them a universally acceptable worldview so that they can write it in a lens that all cultures will understand. No, no, no. Like God used them in the situation and in the cultural lens that they already were operating in and yeah. still revealed his truth through that. Yeah. And in order to get the fullness of what God is trying to say, we need to understand the fullness of what his chosen authors are trying to say in their culture, in their history, through their eyes. Know what it meant so we can know what it means. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. So, um, let's see. Before we end, do we want to touch on a more controversial one, just for fun? <laughs> well, that actually is a good segue, because I did want to talk literary context a little bit. Oh, there you go. Are you, th are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think we are. Genesis. Like Genesis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want to dive too deep. No, no. I don't want to dive too deep. Well, lest, number one, lest I fall headlong and burst open. So this this sorry. would be another great time, as well, we often do, to remind people that we're not like scholars yet, and we are just we're trying to learn, we're trying to understand. We have studied a lot, but don't don't take this for like you know doctorate level stuff that you should use on your next paper no <laughs> um, but you but also know that our research is done on doctorate level that's material. true we, we we do research doctorate level stuff and yeah you know, like we're, we're not, not experts but i also don't want to undercut the credibility of what we're saying because I, I do i do feel strongly as yeah. you do about like, this I, issue. like like i would say like like you know someone who is like skillful woodworker in the garage but doesn't have a woodworking certificate you'd still trust them on what they're saying mm. like that, that's kind of where we're at <laughs> like true. we have some skill in this we know what we're talking about to some extent and like we have studied this a lot there's a lot of ways to take it and a lot of scholars have taken it different ways so there's definitely room for disagreement and you know we really want you guys to listen to this and then if you disagree with us look into it more if you do mm -hmm. agree with us also look into it more like <laughs> right we should not be yep. the end of your study like go go no. dig deeper that's the goal yeah so with okay. that being said let's talk yeah, about so Genesis. i, I want to set this up in a way that we don't like i said dive headlong judas style into the ground and <laughs> burst open um so literary context sometimes means the particular genre of literature or certain uh, literary devices used within the text and it can also refer to comparative literature and that gets people super nervous when we're talking mm. about the bible because people think that the bible needs to be this entirely unique not at all similar to any other story that's ever been told because if it is then in our Western minds, we see that as copying. Yeah. 
Um, Plagiarism. So, right, right. Which <laughs> is did. not at all how the ancient world handled literature, like even a little bit. <laughs> which um, is context. Which, which is, yeah, that's part of the context. But they use, uh, they use literature uh, from other cultures to build ideas, to yeah. construct narrative. And when we look at something like Genesis, we find that there were lots of stories with a similar uh, mood and a lot of similar kinds of statements. We see uh, the Enuma Elish is one of the most like commonly cited ones. It's the Babylonian creation story. And it's, I won't, you know, I won't be quoting it off the cuff or anything, but it's very, there are a lot of things that are very similar to Genesis um, in it. And it seems that these are, are literary devices that are being used to communicate a certain concept, not necessarily to report facts. Yeah. Though they could be, um, but you know, it's it's not like oh, this document is similar to this one, therefore it's all fake. That's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah, um, one of the, one of the big ones. Um, I can't remember who this. This was either a professor in one of our classes or Tim Mackey, one of the two. But okay. one of the things they talk about is that when we are reading something today is a lot of like journalistic styles we see and we mm -hmm. expect facts and we expect it to be in a way that's like a surveillance camera like it says yeah. this this is what the surveillance camera documented during this time yeah which and so when we read something like genesis primarily like the first chapter it's very easy for us Western Americans to automatically read it that way. Well, yeah, we, we, we think, well, even we're told as children that this is the recounting of the material origins of the universe. This is the story about how and when God created the physical heavens and earth. And mm -hmm. so when we go into reading it, we're expecting to see like, like a scientific breakdown yeah, and then we're surprised that there's like virtually no scientific detail, um, yeah. and then we get these ideas in our in our minds um, that the Bible isn't necessarily trying to communicate, because the questions that the original audience had, and that God was answering for them, just happened to be different questions than the ones that we are curious about. Yeah, like Genesis wasn't written. Um, to give a material recounting of the origins of the universe necessarily because mm -hmm. they didn't care. They weren't curious. They wanted to know who this God was that's just brought them out of the land of Egypt, what he wants from them, what his place is in the Canaanite pantheon, which, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, God rules over <laughs> all the other gods and spiritual beings in Yahweh the universe. Is the boss. And that's what Genesis 1 is about. Is It is about God establishing order in the cosmos. And he is the top of the hierarchy. And he puts man at, as his, like, partner. And that's yeah. just, it's a very different look. And that's what the story is about. Um, we can talk all day about whether those the details in the story are to be taken literally. Yeah. Or, you know, all that. Um, and we could maybe do another episode on that. But 
yeah i don't want to go into that here yeah so like right now we're not arguing you know, old earth young earth gap year no, nothing, nothing like, like that. that but what we are saying is like when you're reading it no matter what you think happened in the beginning you have to understand that the original audience that's under that's that's receiving this exact message they're not getting scientific textbooks and so when we read it we shouldn't expect a scientific textbook right we we shouldn't impose our curiosities we well i've said this before on the podcast if you go to the bible looking for something really really specific and it's not there you'll probably find it anyway Mm. and you'll probably find it by making it say what it's not supposed to say and what god and the authors that god chose to allow to take part in the the writing of the bible um didn't intend to answer for us and so when we do that when we are like this must give material origins or pick a different passage this must blah 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 be this um we are all we're doing is disrespecting god all we're doing is profaning the treasure he's given like when um jonah is swallowed by a whale this (laughs) must be a whale or this must be a fish it's like well it's not the that's not the main point he's trying to get right oh that's a good that's a good one to to pick on actually is like the bible says jonah was swallowed by a fish so either he was or he wasn't but then it's like oh well did you even consider the genre of literature that this is in yeah um namely prophecy or you know like we talked about in our first episode like uh there's there's some allegorical satirical flavors in there mm-hmm. and so it's like well it's not that i'm not taking the bible seriously in fact i'm taking it more seriously by trying to figure out what exactly the bible is trying to communicate so that i don't try to force it to tell me things it's not supposed to yeah and then and then i what i end up doing if i try to say it's either literal or it's all fake um is I, I create a Bible in my head that's just not the one in front of me. Yeah. We shouldn't cool. do that. <laughs> so, let's see. I'm going to try to recap a little bit. We talked about context. We talked about it's important and that you should um, make sure you, tr- as much as you can, understand the context of what you're reading. Um, obviously, there's some things we don't have context for. The Book of Job was a good example. It's really hard because it's kind of Jonah. It no, the Book of Job. Oh, it's oh. it's kind of its own thing, and we're not exactly of its origins and things like that. It's a little bit harder to understand some of those contexts. Mm-hmm. But in general, you should try to understand as much context that's available. And then on top of that, we want to make sure that we're not misrepresenting the context or taking it in a way that is not what it should be. And then we talked a little bit about cultural context, how Mm -hmm. what it's saying to a certain culture may mean something different to our culture. And we need to understand the, you know, what's behind what he's saying, like with the coffee. It's like Mm -hmm. the message behind don't drink coffee is not you can't have, you know, hot bean water. It's (laughs) don't, you know, don't, you know, support exploitation, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and then right. a historical context you know understand yeah. that back then you know this was very like marrying a woman after a conquest was super amazing and great for that woman even though today we think that sounds awful and it would be awful that's it, the thing it, it, is, it would be that's the thing is if you apply the scripture correctly it's that you should be doing everything you can to make the situations for those who have suffered at your hands better than than it would be otherwise yeah um rather than further exploiting people yeah yeah that's because that's the principle there and how that's conveyed is through a culture and through a time period that's not our culture or our time period yep so and then we talked about literary which is you know way it was written and how it was and the other types of literature around it yep and then don't take the psalms literally folks (laughs) you'll get a flat earth (laughs) (laughs) also you'll get a giant snake living at the bottom of it sometimes yeah that's that's a that's is that is one thing that i think i would want to point out is that when you are taking certain things like like I, I, I don't believe any of our listeners are flat earthers. If you are, it's one of those things if you're if you're pulling at least your evidence from the Bible, you shouldn't do that because those same types of things you're pulling from require you to also believe a lot of other things that are extremely nonsense. Mm-hmm. So And yeah. And it's not even that the original audience didn't believe those things. Like the the psalmist probably did believe that the earth was flat. Um, But that's not the point of the literature. The point of the literature is not to instruct you on the cosmology of the universe. The Psalms are worshiping God for his creation. Yeah. They didn't have perfect understanding of his creation, and neither do we. So let's not get too bent out of shape about those particulars, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we established this is great, and the Bible isn't a science textbook. Yep. Well, (laughs) at least it's not... It's that's not what God set out to do when He began appointing authors. That's for sure. Yeah, it's also not a theology textbook. It's a right. We could talk about that. It's a it's a it's a theo, what do you a theocratic epic, prose epic. prose historicized fiction. I don't actually. I shouldn't use the word. Fi- See, uh, I want to use the word fiction because that is grim. Like that is uh, what do you say? Uh, genre-wise, that is actually correct, but it's a different it a kind myth? of fiction. Myth is um, a myth, but it's not. Actually, Robert Alter argues that no, it's not in the. It's not actually in the literary category of myth. Okay, um, that was C.S. Lewis then. Well, C.S. Lewis is, is talking about it in in a little bit different of a way, where he's like he's referring to a myth. Well. I don't know. <laughs> That's C.S. a rabbit C.S. hole for another time. <laughs> C- yeah, C.S. Lewis was a expert in medieval literature, not ancient Near Eastern literature. Ah, gotcha. So that might he might have his categories a little bit messed up, but that's okay. Yeah, no dirt on Lewis. I love Lewis. I might Lewis name my kid Lewis. Oh wow, cool. Well, <laughs> or Clive, that'd be kind of funny. Now we know what David's children are going to be named. Uh, I think that wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we got we got a lot done. We named yeah. children. We probably made a couple of our listeners a little grumpy i'm so sorry everyone (laughs) hey no you know we love research we've done our research we'll do more you do more everyone will get a better understanding in the long run 
And in the very end, we will all look the creator in the eyes and realize how different everything is and how much these arguments don't matter in the end. But they're fun to have for now. Yeah, they are. And important. Actually, no. I think think they matter. I think they're really important. They matter. (laughs) True. But not to the point of dividing. Yeah. That's right. Which is just never our goal. We do not want to divide anybody. We want the church to be one. Mm. That is oh, sorry. I just had a really great idea for a new episode. We should cool. do one on the on the canon of scripture. Soon. Oh, okay. Because that's awesome. all about unity of the church and so forth. Sorry. I like it. It's a rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. This is like a Minnesota goodbye on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wrap it up, man. I'm having okay. so much fun. And Anchor doesn't even limit us now. That's true. We're not even on Anchor. We're on a different... We're going to upload it to Anchor, though, so maybe we shouldn't talk poorly Dude. of them. Anchor's, Anchor's awesome. We, we just should all use it. We have a 30-minute timer, so... <laughs> Great. Anyway. Okay, we can wrap it up here, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, join us for our next rabbit hole, which will be coming out next week. We'll be mm-hmm. talking about something crazy. It could be the... Kin- canonicity of scripture could be something else completely different but uh yeah thanks for listening yep Yep. thank you guys bye